or they just had to fire um what's his face <laughs> they just had to fire eric stolt so they were like we, we better get a trader out with um <laughs> michael j fox in it Hello and welcome to The Cutdown, a podcast all about the art of trailer editing. I'm Rick Thomas. And I'm Derek Liu. And this week we're talking about teaser trailers. Um, it's something we've definitely touched on in the past because it's impossible to talk about trailers without talking about teaser trailers. Um, but a couple of big things have come out recently that really highlighted the importance and the, the kind of ever-evolving nature of teaser trailers. So we wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Part of the big news recently in trailer world are two trailers which were not released online, at least initially. I think they're still not out online um birds of prey has leaked but i still don't think it's an official upload okay yeah and the other one is tenet the new film by christopher nolan yeah it seems like maybe they're shutting down things of tenet whereas they were kind of okay with birds of prey getting out there i mean birds of prey is an interesting case so um having seen it online the trailer was cut by buddha jones and it's kind of a fake out rug pull which as we've talked about before you know kind of rug pulls are hard to do online so actually it kind of makes sense for it it to be a theatrical experience because it was designed to be put up in front of it um which has obviously gone on to make a lot of money so a lot of people will have seen it and i guess it's kind of designed to be like it's the first bit of the film all these balloons kind of appear and you can hear the kind of iconic sound effect from the it traders and then harley quinn appears and smashes the balloons and says i'm so fucking over clowns and kick off short montage of the movie yeah actually i had to look it up when you mentioned birds of prey i had heard that it was a teaser that didn't get released online officially but uh yeah i did find it and i actually i didn't have the context that it was a rug pull for it maybe i'm just i don't have it on in mind oh interesting did it work then for you or did you just not make the the kind of second reading of of that intro I think, yeah, it didn't have that second reading, but it still worked structurally. And I actually saw the trailer for Tenet in theaters. I think it was attached to Hobbs and Shaw. Um, And the Tenet teaser, to be honest, it doesn't really do that much stuff for me, except knowing that it's Christopher Nolan, because so we have the shot of um, John David Washington, and he's looking at what looks like a, a bullet hole of some sort in glass. And it looks like he's a maybe detective or something. And there's some title cards. I mean, the music is great, but it doesn't strike me as teasery as a lot of other teasers. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that's interesting because I think you're right in saying that it's minimal. Um, and I think that probably is a reason that they wanted to get it out in theaters because Hobbs and Shaw is such a kind of big target for that audience. And it harks back to a kind of genre of teaser trailer that isn't really done anymore. It's, it's almost that kind of title reveal. We always bang on about the, uh, the Da Vinci Code, but you know that's a great example of the genre. And I think possibly that's a reason why that's just appeared in, in theaters because people online probably want a little more when you're breaking it down and you've got to make your trade to break down videos and, I don't know, podcasts. That's true. And there is something to building hype by, in many ways, keeping it vague. So if it's only in theaters, then people have to go see it. Yeah, we've talked before about the Meet Joe Black thing and uh, people wanting to go and see that to see the trailer for Phantom Menace. And uh, it's an interesting kind of callback to that time. And 
I think it will be interesting to see if it's a strategy going forward. Um, I actually saw an article recently where someone mentioned that people were going to see other movies to see the, the trailer for Tim Burton's Batman. So like this is a practice that goes back a long time. And uh, I think it all ties into people wanting to draw people to the theatrical experience as well. It's a way of creating content that you can't get away with doing online because as we've talked about a lot, people read stuff differently online. Yeah, because when you see the title of the video when you're on YouTube, then you're already a step ahead of the content unless the content is taking that in mind. And speaking of which, the inverse happened, which is something that led me to want to talk about teaser trailers. A short film came out for, um, effectively, I guess, for Jurassic World 3, uh, and it's called Battle at Big Rock. And it's basically a short film in the Jurassic World universe. A family at a campsite in what looks like the Pacific Northwest and they're saying hi to other campers and they go into their trailer and <laughs> they go into their trailer. It's the only trailer in this not trailer um, they go into their trailer and a kind of dinosaur attack happens um, and it's a really interesting thing I wonder what the strategy behind it was because it's basically Jurassic World 2.5 it's kind of where Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom led off that the dinosaurs were kind of running rampant over the world this is set in that world and why I think it's really successful is it kind of functions as a teaser trailer and announcement uh, title reveal for Jurassic World 3, but in a really interesting way. I don't know, what did you think? Yeah, I definitely got that vibe. I was thinking to myself what a lot of teaser trailers tend to do, and one thing that they do is they set the teaser in the world of the movie, but sometimes it's a special shoot, so it's actually footage that's not in the movie. So it's almost like backstory in a lot of cases, which is what this feels like. Like I, I could totally imagine a shorter version of this being a teaser, but since it's online, we get like a beefier story. And it did actually make me interested to see what they're going to do next. The other thing that was interesting about it was during the credits they intercut basically viral videos of dinosaur encounters, just people catching these things in the wild, which made me think, oh, is Jurassic World 3 going to have a little bit of that found footage feel? Basically, it brought up a whole lot of questions, which is what a good teaser trailer should do, and make me wonder what could possibly happen. Yeah, those things are really interesting. If you read the credits, you actually find that what they've done is they've taken viral videos of girl gets chased by small ducks or something like that, <laughs> and they've CG'd it. Um, oh. But obviously, because the video quality is so low, once you CG it, it actually just looks amazing and like they're in there. And it's that kind of playful stuff that, I mean, maybe they'll do it in the movie, but they, I guess they're kind of unlikely to do it. So it's the perfect forum for that. And it sets up a question of what are these dinosaurs going to do now they're all in the in the big world and it's not just a park to run around um yeah it's interesting i uh actually heard someone talking about recently about a film executive who said that um traders have kind of evolved to become product sampling and not product sales um and i think that this is a perfect example of product sampling you're not tied to that trader format but we're kind of saying hey this is what we're doing and if you like it come see more so by sampling you mean just showing a bit of it instead of making a hard sell sort of yeah less hard selly less like hey you got to come and see this movie because it's exciting more just like hey okay we're representing the film and and tonally this is where it is and if you're intrigued then come along and see it that's sounds like a good strategy to me yeah i think so and i actually i think that kind of leans into teasers in general and i think that's what i like about 
teasers is that you're more able to represent a singular idea. Uh, the second trailer for Knives Out came out um, recently, and actually we talked about Knives Out, uh, the teaser trailer a lot, and dove into what it was doing musically and, and successfully, and it had the cast run in it, and it was felt more kind of venti. And actually, this Knives Out regular trailer is quite heavy in plot as a second piece. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the idea of the sampling—that's a really good way to think about it, because a lot of teasers are either a singular scene or just very, very few scenes from the movie. So then. There's sort of less artifice in its construction. So I think like an example of just something that's like short film, like I was thinking about, um, you know, one of the classic modern teasers is uh, Cloverfield, mm. which it is edited together, but it still feels like basically a scene because it's just like this party and then suddenly there's an explosion and then suddenly they're on the street and then the, the Statue of Liberty's head rockets into the street and pretty much as soon as you see it, in the street, then they cut away because, you know, how are you going to top that? Phone calls are pouring into the New York One newsroom as a thunderous, roaring sound. Do you see something on the roof? What animal sounds like that? Shaking everywhere, man. It's like tremors. Looks like you should have left town a little bit earlier. But yeah, it feels like uh, just very raw, which was very successful for that too. Yeah, I believe that was actually a special shoot teaser kind of in that they did it super early in the process. Um, Cloverfield's actually a really interesting example because it is so kind of sparse and interesting and you're right and it cuts out just at that perfect moment um, and I don't think even cut to a title, just cut to the date and it was so kind of intriguing and it forced people to go online and it was one of those campaigns where you had to go online and, and discover stuff and follow people's MySpace profiles and things like that. And people were looking at the audio of the trailer for clues and was someone saying, it's a lion, it's huge. And people were like, is this a big lion movie? We don't know. I thought it's a lion, it's huge! Um, and I think it just really exemplifies what a teaser trailer can do in terms of leaving you wanting more. Yeah, I was about to say that's probably one of the first examples I can think of which was like very uh, online, integrated with online stuff. But probably going back a little bit further, the Blair Witch Project played up the whole idea that the whole thing was real and you had to go online and they had all this literature about the Blair Witch, which at the time people thought, actually, is this thing real or is it not real? Well, it generated hype for the movie. Yeah, similarly, The, uh, the Matrix had whatisthematrix.com, I believe. Back in the day. Can't be a podcast with us if we don't talk about The Matrix. Yes. <laughs> in some way. Um, interestingly, I, I read another interview um, with a creative director at HBO um, who said when they're working on stuff, they, they don't set out to fit a nine-hour series into 90 seconds. They, they try and find the unique thing that each series has and expand that to 90. And I think that kind of speaks to what we're talking about, teaser traders taking this kind of singular idea and really focusing on it. Yeah, what are some of your favorites that you came up with when you were preparing for this? Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it kind of falls into to different genres for me. Um, you have kind of title reveals. You have I've talked a lot about meta trailer, um, you know, the trailer for a layer cake. Before placing it into your local multiplex for a good 90 minutes. Hitchhiker's B-movie, um, there's a trailer for Toys where Robin Williams is talking about trailers. Comedian we've talked about going back to, uh, as we've mentioned before, the Hitchcock trailers of the 60s, um, Rugpool trailers. Um, and I, I think actually the kind of trailers that really stand out to me are those kind of special shoot, whether they're a special shoot that they've gone out and, and done stuff for or they've taken a, an aspect of the, tra the film and really working on it. And it's that kind of restraint. You know, you have a film like 
Transformers, which is huge, and yet you're doing a teaser trailer of the moon landing or... Um, Often these trailers are worked on early in the process, so you don't have a lot of the film to use. So, you know, Back to the Future has an amazing teaser that's just Michael J. Fox getting into the DeLorean, and that's enough because maybe that's all they'd shot. How far are you going? About 30 years. Or it was a camera test, or they just had to fire... Um, What's his face? <laughs> they just had to fire Eric Stolt, so they were like, we, we better get a trailer out with um, <laughs> Michael J. Fox in it. Um, and uh, other examples of those, you know, uh, the T2 Judgment Day trailer. There's a brilliant trailer for the Adams Family where they're in a theatre. We've talked before about um, Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me where you think it's Star Wars. Um, and even, like, animation does amazing special shoot as well. You know, there's a Monsters, Inc. teaser where they're playing charades and coming up with, like, Harry Potter and, and things like that. No, it's, a, it's a pot. <laughs> You're Harry Flower Pot. You're a hairy farmer, Harry Gardner. I, I got it! The sound of music! So um, that's kind of one genre of trailer that I really like. And then just kind of, again, really singular, iconic, arty trailers like Where the Wild Things Are. There's an amazing trailer for The Exorcist, Inception, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, uh the shining now i'm just listing trailers but all of these are kind of a lot of these trailers have remained in people's minds because they kind of exist as their own thing how about you yeah i think my memory so i, I was i was thinking back to when i was a kid and when i was fortunate enough to actually catch a teaser trailer in theaters and the thing I remember most were just the times when a teaser came on and they would always have maybe one or two just images that just, just seared into my brain. Like they were so evocative of something that it could basically sustain me for an entire year or so. Like uh, one I saw in theaters, I remember, was the Godzilla trailer from the 1998 version. They actually released multiple, but there's the one where there's like a school tour happening in a museum and then it ends with Godzilla's foot crushing the, the hmm. T-Rex, which is a really amazing special shoot teaser. This creature was believed to be one of the largest predators who ever lived on our planet. Oh, that's funny you're talking about that one. I was going to talk about the pier teaser with the guy fishing, and uh, I can't remember the dialogue, but it's something like, did you catch anything today? No. Right. And then um, the pier starts disintegrating as Godzilla comes out of the water and the man kind of runs away. Yeah, and I don't remember if I saw the Terminator 2, like, Terminator Factory trailer in theaters, but that's also just one that, in the, the vein of talking about backstory for something that the movie is about, uh, was also just one that just sticks in there. Yeah, I, um, I did a lot of work on the movie Battleship. That was mm -hmm. actually, that was two years of my life, working on that movie from the kind of previous script stage. Um, all the way through the, the TV campaign. Oh, wow. And the Godzilla teaser was actually a reference that we pulled in the early days just to kind of say, hey, can we do something that just says 
oh, you know, something is coming and, and, and posing a question. It was after the amazing trailer for Battle Los Angeles, um, which is definitely an example of a, a, a trailer that's probably better than the movie. And it was an interesting question around that movie that we were doing it so early in the process that it was kind of hard to know the tone. And a lot of teaser trailers are kind of made early in the process where you don't necessarily know what the film the film's going. And we had a big question. Battle Los Angeles is definitely a case of the end of the world being sad. And there was definitely a time where Maudlin covers of things, you had a time where everything was kind of depressing and sad. And then there was a real shift, I think, towards sometimes the end of the world can be fun. <laughs> and that was a real uh, tonal question as we kind of made our way through that campaign. Yeah, and actually that's one other thing is that teasers, aside from just getting across a premise, it can also focus on the tone. And sometimes that's enough. And actually the teaser trailer that ended up getting made kind of heralded the start of teaser trailers as full meals. You ready for this? I'm going to walk up to him, look him right in the eyes. What are you going to say? Your daughter is the best thing that has happened to me in my entire life. It would be an honor to have your permission to marry her. What is wrong with you? You went from enlisted to an officer faster than anyone in the history of the United States Navy. But I have never, ever seen a man waste himself better than you. What my daughter sees in you is a great mystery to me. Enjoy these naval exercises, Hopper. They're likely to be your last. Hmm. So I think there was definitely a period about five to ten years ago that it wasn't okay to just kind of reveal a couple of shots and a title and say, okay, that's it. You needed a full idea of the story. And it may just be a film like Battleship, which people had a lot of questions about it because it was based on a board game and <laughs> uh, the stars were, other than Liam Neeson, the, the stars were kind of less well known. So maybe you needed that story experience to kind of take you through. Um, so yeah, I think special shoots are, of course, my favorite because, I mean, they're, they're basically little short films. Um, but there are some that stick out which are just shorter pieces just cut together from a small handful of shots. One I was just thinking about was the Star Wars Attack of the Clones teaser, the breathing teaser, mm. which was just Darth Vader breathing and they had maybe two shots per breath. Um, that one really, I thought, was a lot of fun. And sometimes I, I think about that in terms of what sort of shots should I put into a teaser? Because I think, like, why are these really amazing shots for a teaser versus something that maybe wouldn't say as much uh, on its own? Yeah, actually, the the, the most recent Star Wars, uh, Episode 7, 8, and 9, have had really good teaser trailers for that. You know, they're really sparse in terms of the shots and information, but they give you just enough, and there's always kind of one really intriguing thing at the end. And a very kind of slow build, amazing music that calls you back to one of the iconic themes. Yeah, I mean, episode seven could have just done a, the shot of the broadsword lightsaber and that would have been it. Which, I guess that's also building off of Phantom Menace teaser with the double-bladed lightsaber. And then now in nine, there's another one which folds out. <laughs> yeah. To that point, I wonder if um, things are evolving because we actually we talked about Birds of Prey, but that's not even the first piece that's kind of come out. There was a piece probably even maybe a year ago um, that just went on Instagram with a very early title reveal and maybe even costume tests. Mm. Um, and I remember for Joker, there were definitely kind of 
costume tests that were put out there by Todd Phillips very early on in the process. So kind of maybe the line is blurring with digital that you can get more things out there. Right. That actually reminds me of the very first thing that came out for the Lord of the Rings films, which was uh, mostly like documentary type shots where just Peter Jackson talking about how like this is the perfect time to make the movies because the technology has caught up to the imagination and now they can show amazing enormous battles and they have all these like tech demo tests of you know thousands and thousands of orcs and i just remember watching that trailer over and over and over again even though i wasn't actually a lord of the rings fan but it's just so cool that's another interesting way to reveal the movie just kind of show some behind the scenes is there one shot i think at the end of all the fellowship kind of walking along the mountain i think that might have been the first proper teaser there was definitely a trilogy teaser that then kind of announced the the release dates of all three movies at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that also kind of speaks to what teaser trailers tend to do from a copy point of view, which is generally simple, get the pedigree out there, get the cast out there, announce when it's coming out. Right, because it's and just too early to start talking about plot stuff. We're just Or you pose a big question, you know, Inception. What if your mind was the scene of the crime? You pose that big question, but you don't necessarily elaborate on it. Right, right. Um, you know, if you compare the Inception teaser to the main trailer where exactly that point is laid out by DiCaprio and in voiceover and lines. We create the world of the dream. We bring the subject into that dream and they fill it with their secrets. Then you break in and steal it. Well, it's not strictly speaking legal. Yeah, and also like the, the short films format also is conducive to just one premise sort of question like Monsters Inc. is like what if their monsters actually real and that's their job or um, The Incredibles like what if basically Superman uh, you know grew to middle age and got fat and had to keep going Mr. Incredible we need your help uh, which The Incredibles teaser is one of my favorites actually I love when he slams the, the table as he's trying to get the belt on <laughs> Yeah, no, I love that trailer. Um, and also I love the 2012 trailer where uh, they posed the question, how would world leaders plan to save 8 billion people from imminent disaster? They wouldn't. Um, and that I think that kind of speaks to something I wanted to talk about, which was what you can learn from watching lots of teaser trailers in terms of, of your own work. Um, and I think one thing we were talking about there is is kind of isolating what makes a piece of entertainment, be it a game or a film or a short film that you're making a teaser for, like what makes it special, um, what makes it unique, or actually what makes it familiar in a way, you know, um, what is going to get someone to kind of buy into the idea of this thing. What do you think we can learn from teaser trailers in, in, in terms of how to um, sell things? I think the lessons you can take from teaser trailers are learning how to distill something down to what is the most sticky idea um, and just not worrying about the bigger picture, especially in, in game development. I see a lot of times people seem very eager to show as much as possible as soon as they can with their trailers. I think because, you know, making games is hard and by the time they make a trailer, it's been, you know, a year or more that they've been working on this thing and they're just happy that it looks at all finished. And usually I'm the one to push back and say, actually, no, let's show very, very little of this. 
uh, because we just need an idea to come across because otherwise, where are we going to go from there if we've already given away most of the information? You know, still, especially with games, it could be more than a year after the first teaser trailer that it comes out. It could be like up to two or three, maybe even more than that. So you got to have a way to build hype and also keep people paying attention while still also just not showing absolutely everything or just basically get all the stuff that's finished and put it in a trailer <laughs> yeah because um, again we keep talking about the trailers for final fantasy 7 but a new one came out and it's just like with each trailer they're going an hour further into the game um usually with games the first teaser trailers just tend to be like the pre-rendered fancy cg trailers because like the, like i said the game is early in development and maybe can't show it at all so some of the famous ones are like um the dead island trailer always comes up in like every single top video game trailers list which it's a cg trailer which it's like half backwards and half going forwards in time about this this family who gets attacked by zombies on vacation and it has uh, really nice piano music and it's all sad and tragic but that's like the most famous example and what do you get from that trailer you basically you get it's a zombie game you know it's it sounds not very interesting when you say it that way but the, just the execution was so good that it definitely got people talking yeah, it's a great trailer. Other examples of great trailers. I mean, if I think back, I think if the trailers for all the Fallout games are, are generally good at world building and excitement. Yeah, those ones practically just have to do like a city reveal. Say, hey, by the way, it's in Boston. Or another good example I thought like going way back was um, Rebel Assault 2, which I saw this trailer on like a CD-ROM for another LucasArts game, which is just like two B-wing fighter, uh, fighter pilots in space like it's pretty slow but then all of a sudden they get ambushed and at the time i was so amazed first of all just that i could see full screen video playing on my computer um but also at the time that was like the only way that i could watch game trailers because there's no youtube and game trailers weren't playing in theaters at that point at all but that's also one that really sticks in my mind the i mean how many people even remember that <laughs> is it on youtube oh uh, yeah that's I, I found it so you oh, can man. watch it in its super compressed glory yeah, and as always, links to the 5,000 traders that we talked about in this episode will be um, in the episode description, so um, so watch along. And as we pointed out before, it is difficult to, to sometimes track down the, the exact teaser trader for things, so um, we've done the work for you. Yeah. And it's a great list. I mean, if someone were to ask you how to start a teaser trailer, what advice would you give them? I would say kind of along the lines of what we've been talking about, listen to the client and... <laughs> um, uh, other people around you and and kind of come to a consensus about what you think is interesting and what is the right bit to sample think about what's the key information that people should be taking away and use the opportunity potentially unless unless you need to tell a lot of story use the opportunity to to not have to tell a lot of story to create something kind of unique and singular and and something that does something new and reflects the piece of entertainment and yeah how about you I think I would tell people to focus on shots which say a lot. I call them like narratively dense shots. So for example, when you're going through a movie or a game, there are some shots that just feel like they could exist in anything. But if there's like enough specificity in a singular shot that works without dialogue. Um, one game I'm thinking about right now is uh, this game called Somerville which is like a 2.5D side-scroller game. And they've only released a few videos, but 
as far as I remember, there's like a guy outdoors in the woods at night, and then I think he has a flashlight and maybe a gun, and then you see like UFOs in the sky, and that's about the basis of that whole teaser. But like, t- it's very technically accomplished, and it looks really cool. And guy outdoors with UFOs is much more evocative than just guy outdoors with a flashlight. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to just go through the available shots you have or think of what shots maybe you could make because also we're talking about game development here. Sometimes you custom make things for a trailer. You know, what are the things that when you look at them, you instantly get told a story and then, you know, have a good handful of those and basically you're done <laughs> in some cases. Yeah, sometimes less is more for sure when you're looking at teaser trailers. And actually that is interesting as well that this sparseness and focus has kind of influenced other pieces as well because you can have a long piece but it can still kind of when you're looking at doing the second piece for something and you look at where your teaser trailer went doing the opposite of that isn't necessarily what's going to work if it was sparse on story suddenly putting all the story still may not be the thing that gets people interested in this it, it, it might be kind of doing more of what you're doing but just kind of expanding on certain areas right uh, maybe go back to the the cake metaphor is that maybe instead of showing big chunks of the cake just find another small slice could be a way of, of thinking about it yeah this time take tiny little spoonfuls of cake from all over the cake and annoy everyone but you've made a nice <laughs> teaser cake yeah actually one we didn't talk about yet which i remembered while was the teaser for bram stoker's dracula it's mostly footage of blood uh, traveling across the, this sort of textured surface. If you sort of imagine the scene in Terminator 2 with the, the liquid metal going across the, the surface of the steel mill factory, it's basically that, but with blood. And the voiceover is about vampires, but in, in the somewhat abstract and just talking about, like, you know, they hunger and feed or something like that. And then they have maybe two or three shots from the movie. I think the last one is just Gary Oldman as Dracula uh, doing his famous laugh. but just the image of the blood going across the screen was really good and actually it it ends up spelling the the title so bram stoker's dracula in blood um i think that's that's a really good one oh that's good because i was actually trying to think i i I think that title reveal traders really were a thing but i was struggling to think of any that weren't just the da vinci code so good that you've got another one um (laughs) alien is another example of that as well even though it's the first half of the trailer that then kind of goes into the amazing montage with the sound design that they that they have there all right yeah that's like a slow reveal throughout the entire teaser okay so uh that is a very teasery (laughs) chat (laughs) on teaser trailers that could probably go into more detail but um but in honor of the medium this is us but uh just to cap off the teaser trailer episode we actually had an email from the editor of what has gone down as probably one of the best teaser trailers of all time. And we talked about it on our Independence Day episode, and it is the trailer for Independence Day. Uh, and this guy owns a big, amazing trailer house now, but um, it was uh, cool to see that he was uh, that he was listening to the show. Yep, so that's our episode. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you have questions or things you want us to talk about, you can email us at cutdown at idlethumbs.net. 
And on Twitter, we're at CutdownCast, and I am at Derek underscore Lou. And I'm at Rick Thomas. And we're part of the Idle Thumbs Network. Join us on the forums if you'd like to discuss it. Uh, Maybe share some of your other favorite teaser trailers if there's any that we didn't mention in the show. And if you can, leave us a review on iTunes. And also, as always, thank you to our friends at Twisted Jukebox for our intro music. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, stop!